What's up, everyone? I'm Paul LaMonica, and today on the Load of High podcast, I break down week five of college lacrosse. Big weekend in lacrosse. We had Maryland playing Penn State, Denver versus Providence, Duke versus Air Force, St. John's versus Georgetown, High Point versus North Carolina, Rutgers and Ohio State, Notre Dame versus Robert Morris, and Cuse versus UVA. I'll give you all the scores, all the stats, who played well, who didn't, and as always at the end, my big three takeaways from this weekend. For the interview segment, I'm joined with the number one goalie in college lacrosse, Georgetown University's Owen McElroy. In his two games played, Owen has only let up two goals so far. Two goals. Owen and I talked about a bunch of stuff like his time at Georgetown, what's made their team so special and so red hot the past couple seasons, and most importantly, we talked about is the Georgetown Cupcake worth the hype. As always, you can always skip to different parts of the episode. I'll have all the timestamps in the description. While you're there, go follow the Load of Hype podcast on all social media platforms to get updates in the lacrosse world and to see your future guests the show will be. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's get right into it. To start off our weekend in college lacrosse, we had number four Maryland going down to Happy Valley to play number 13 Penn State. Penn State started the game off on the right foot, but Maryland's defense came up huge and was able to seal off Penn State's offense in the second half. Maryland's offense was able to have a field day on Penn State's goalkeeper Colby Canise and to seal the deal down in Happy Valley. Final score of the game, Maryland 13, Penn State 6. You could really tell that the loss of Grant Amon is truly dwindling on this Penn State team and nobody seems to be stepping up. Staff as for Maryland, we had Jared Bernhardt with three goals and four assists. Danny Maltz with four goals and an assist. Logan Wisnowski with three goals and two assists. Kyle Long with one goal and three assists. Brett Maycar had four uh, four ground balls, one caused turnover, and Nick Grill had six ground balls and two caused turnovers. Stats for Penn State: We had Mac O'Keefe, T.J. Malone, Jack Kelly, and Dylan Rom only having one goal. Next game on the board, we had number 11, Denver, traveling up to Providence to play Providence College. Denver's offense starts the game off with an 11-1 run, and they just did not look back, completely crushing the fires in a game that was over by halftime. Final score of the game would be Denver 23, Providence 10. Stats for the Pios, Jack Hanna had three goals and two assists. Alex Simmons had three goals and four assists. Jackson Morrill had four goals and three assists, and Drew Erickson had three goals. Stats for Providence, we had Mac Brillo and Ryan Zimmerman both have two goals as well as Michael Chabra also having two goals. Next game on the board, we had number one Duke hosting Air Force. Coach Janowski wanted to get his young gun some runs this game, and he sure did, showing how deep the roster is despite the rocky start a couple weeks back. Duke takes down Air Force 17-7. Stats for Duke, Charlie O'Connor and Aiden Denenza both have their first career goals, probably first of many. Joe Robertson had 10 points on the day, 7 goals and 3 assists. Mikey Sowers, 3 goals and 5 assists. Nakai Montgomery, 2 goals and 2 assists. And Brennan O'Neill with 2 goals and 1 assist. Stats for Air Force, we had Aiden Tolan and Matthew and Rourke both having a hat trick. Next game up in our nation's capital, we had St. John's visiting number five, Georgetown. The Hoyos showed that their defense is for real for a second time this season with only allowing their opponents to score just one goal the entire game. Georgetown, without their top defender Gibson Smith and Poland Owen McElroy in the third quarter, still kept the Red Storm scoreless the entire second half. Final score of that game would be Georgetown 19, St. John's 1. Stats for the Hoyas, we had Jake Carraway, Carraway with three goals and four assists. Nikki Petkovic, four goals and one assist. Graham Bundy with three goals and assists. And TJ Haley with one goal and three assists. Stats for St. John, the lone scorer, Mike Madsen had one goal. 
Down in Chapel Hill, we had a high point visiting number three, North Carolina. We rematch from almost a week and a half ago. High point looking for revenge, but the Chris Gray show was activated quickly, shredding high points defense. High points offense wasn't helping that game as at all either, with Asher Nolting having eight turnovers just by himself. Heels blow past the Blow past the Panthers, 27-12. to Stats for UNC, Chris Gray and Nikki Solomon both have four goals and three assists. Will Perry with two goals. Tanner Cook with three goals and assists. And Andrew Tyre, 17 for 23 at the X and also notching in a goal. Stats for high point, Kevin Rogers with three goals and assists. Asher Nolting with three assists. And Brendan Maia and Hunter Vines both having two goals. Out in Columbus, Ohio, number 10 Rutgers visiting number 6 Ohio State. Rutgers coming off a big win against Penn State last week and hoping to keep that going. OSU got on the board first, but the high-power Rutgers offense was able to go on long runs in the second half, keeping them in the lead over Ohio State pretty much most of the game and ultimately taking it down the Buck guys in yet another upset for the Scarlet Knights. Final score of that game, Rutgers 22, Ohio State 12. Stats for Rutgers, David Sprock, two goals and five assists. Connor Kears, the All-American with four goals. Kieran Mullen with two goals and four assists. Adam Charlambides with five goals and one assist and uh, Shane Knobloch with four goals and one assist. Stats for OSU, Griffin Hughes with five goals, Jack Myers with two goals and three assists, and Trey LeClaire with three goals. Going a little bit further west, we had number eight Notre Dame having their season opener against Robert Morris. Even with the late start for the Irish, they didn't lose a beat, showing off their tough defense and polished offense, taking down the Colonials in their home opener. Final score of the game, Notre Dame 19, Robert Morris 7. Stats for Notre Dame, Pat Cavanaugh with two goals and seven assists. Quinn McMahon with three goals and one assist, Griffin Les- and Griffin Westland with one goal and two assists. Stats for Robert Morris, Ryan Smith with one goal and two assists, Jimmy Perkins had two goals and Austin Popovich finished with one goal and one assist. Now, saving the best game for last, we had number nine, Syracuse, hosting number two, Virginia, in the Dome. Syracuse looking for revenge after a tough loss last week in the Dome is exactly what they got by their midfield-powered offense, leading the charge to victory in Central New York, pulling off the upset and putting the Orange back in the conversation for championship weekend. Final score of the game, Cuse 20, UVA 10. Stats for Cuse, Brennan Curry had three goals and four assists. Steven Rafis with three goals and three assists. Jamie Tromboli with two goals. Owen Hiltz with three goals and two assists, and Tucker Dordovic with three goals. Stats for UVA, Ian Laviano with three goals. Connor Schellenberger had two goals and one assist. Peyton Cormier had two goals and one assist, and Charlie Bertrand finished with two goals. All right, first takeaway from this weekend, I just got to say it. I've been saying if you've been following me on Twitter, then you know what I'm going to say. Georgetown's got the best defense in the country. I'm not just saying that because I got Owen McElroy coming on the podcast in like a couple minutes, but man... I, I've never seen a I've never seen a team keep a keep a keep other teams scoreless, basically scoreless in games. Only allowing them to have one goal is unheard of in lacrosse. No matter where you're playing, high school, youth, club, in Division One lacrosse, keeping keeping teams to only one goal is like is is pat is possibly just near perfection and not even having your number one defender in for majority of the game and then taking out your your top goalie is is clearly insane, and I mean you got to give props to Georgetown. And I think everyone's been sleeping on Georgetown the entire year. They they they're undefeated. They haven't lost a game in over a year and a half. The last time they lost a game was back in 2019 when when they uh, when they lost to when they lost to Yale in the quarterfinals. They haven't lost a game in so long. It's gonna be two years, almost two years until they lost a game. This Georgetown team's crazy, and I 
I, I think they're going to go very deep this year. I think I, I think people are still sleeping on them, which still annoys me. I mean, just besides besides their defense, they have Nikki Petkovic, who they brought in from Colgate, Jake Carraway, who's going to be a Tewarton nominee possibly, and they're, they, they're just clicking on all cylinders, and I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Georgetown on Memorial Day weekend. I wouldn't even be su- surprised if I see them hoisting, hoisting the trophy, knocking down a big ACC team. This team is very, very gritty and very tough, and I have very high hopes for them. Second takeaway from this weekend is Rutgers is also the real deal. I mean, the only thing stopping Rutgers from winning the Big Ten championship is Maryland. They've taken they've taken down who everyone thought was probably going to be sneaky in winning the Big Ten in Penn State, and you know Ohio State coming off a red hot game against Johns Hopkins a week before and pretty much blowing them out is just showing how, how powerful they actually are and I, I don't think Hopkins is going to be an issue for them unless there's a big upset but I, I, don't, I don't believe Hopkins can be an issue for them and the only thing standing away from them in winning their first ever Big Ten championship and you know 99% chance of them getting their f- like first ever playoff berth in you know 10 years is you know beating Maryland and I wouldn't be surprised if it happened I still think Maryland's I'm going to win the Big Ten easily. I still think Maryland's going to be one of those teams on Memorial Day weekend just because of how, how well they played this weekend against Penn State. I mean, they, play, they, they played so much better than, they, uh, than Rutgers did against Penn State. Maybe that was just first game jitter, but, but Maryland, Maryland cleaned up everything they needed to do on their defense. It's just their, face, uh, their, uh, their, their time at the faceoff X that needs some work. But Maryland's clicking on all cylinders too, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a t- it's going to be tough for Rutgers to win the Big Ten, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know they were winning the Big Ten or if they were also you know in the uh, in the quarterfinals for the NCAA tournament. Final takeaway from this weekend is don't sleep on Denver. I think everyone kind of forgot about Denver for a little bit after their you know not so great weekend down in North Carolina. I've been putting Denver in these week uh, these weekly recaps because. I don't think if you know, if you haven't noticed they've been blowing teams out by ten or twelve goals just as much as I think I think Denver beat Air Force more than Duke did. I, I don't quote me on that, but they they also blew them out. I think Denver was coming off a rough week that week. They had a game. They had their first game out of anyone in college across, and then they had the toughest weekend playing the number one, number two team in the country that that in you know in the span of three days. And don't forget about Denver is that they're. Bringing in the number one faceoff guy in the country, T.D. Earl, and, and you know, I think it's two weeks from now, and you know they're already they're already you know making up from what they from what how bad their weekend was in North Carolina, and I I've been watching them and they've been playing to the Denver they've been playing to the potential of what Denver what everyone thought Denver was going to be that the super high power juggernaut offense, and I think I think this offense is still alive, and I still think that Coach Tierney is is going to is going to find the best out of his players and is going to help lead them, you know, against a very tough Georgetown team. I don't think that I don't th- I think they're going to make a good fight against Georgetown, but I don't think they're going to win the big uh the Big East, but I definitely will see them having a playoff berth in the uh in the NCAA tournament and I wouldn't be surprised if they were another team that had a good run. Thank you so much for listening to my week five recap of what happened in college across this weekend. If I missed something or if you don't agree with anything I said, make sure to just, you could reach out to me on Twitter, reach out to me on Instagram. I'll be more than happy to respond to you. But now get ready for our interview with the number one goal in the country, 2020 first team All-American, Owen McElroy. The brick wall and net, Owen McElroy, 2020 first team All-American. Owen, how we doing, man? Doing well. I appreciate you having me on here. I'm looking forward to it. Of course, of course. How, where are you right now? 
So I'm uh, that's down at school, actually. Um, I'm in my room here I'm down in the beautiful nation's capital. So um, living life, man. Looking forward to the season. Yeah, for sure. Have you uh, have you been getting have you been able to like get out often? Just like walk around, maybe go on campus since you're you said you were all online earlier. Yeah, so we uh, we did we were quarantined for a little bit, uh, eight days when we arrived, which was a little tough being uh, stuck in our rooms, but um, that's passed. So we've been able to walk around. Um, we've had a couple practices now, um, so that that obviously is really nice. First time getting out there. Um, you know, we didn't have any fall ball, so since you know March March twelfth or whatever. Um, so it's been nice to you know get back in the swing of things and, and get going. Yeah, for sure. I gotta ask you since you go to Georgetown, you ever tried Georgetown cupcake? I honestly have not. Every time I, I walk by, the line is around the corner, so it's it's not worth my time. I've heard good re- reviews. I've heard bad. Um, I feel like I'll, I'll eventually have to get there, but um, I actually have not had had Georgetown cupcake. It's funny that you say that the line is still around the corner because when my brother was going there back in, he graduated like twenty thirteen. The same exact thing. It'd be like late at night. We'd be like leaving from dinner and you'd see this line just all around the block. And it's, it's everyone. Crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. I and, mean, the fact that it's almost every single day you walk by and there's some sort of line, whether it's up the street or, you know, around the corner. It's that's I mean, that's half the reason why I haven't had it. But uh, good for them, I guess. It's a staple yeah, I mean, of Georgetown. I mean, if you really want to go have a uh, $20 cupcake, yeah. and get two bites out of, I guess it's worth it. But when foods like that, when food is, you know, it's more for the aesthetic than the actual meal, I think it starts getting out of hand because then it's just not appealing to eat. It, it's appealing to eat, but it's not tasty at all. It's just bland. Would you agree? Agreed. 100%. 100%. So, Owen, oh, uh, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, you know, how you got into lacrosse and stuff like that. So you mind if I ask you? Of course. Yeah. So, Owen, where are you originally from? I'm from Ridgewood, New Jersey, born and raised. Um, big lacrosse town there, so it wasn't, wasn't too hard to get into. When did you first start getting into lacrosse? Um, I mean, as young as I, as I can remember. My dad played lacrosse um, in college, so um, I've pretty much always had a stick in my hand. Um, so, you know, all, all throughout elementary school, middle school, um, obviously high school, I've, I've been playing. So it's been my sport for a while, and I um, mean, you know, I look, look forward to uh, continue playing it. Were you always a goalie or did you ever, did you start out in the field? I was not. So I actually um, became like a full-time goalie freshman year of high school. Um, I played attack. I played LSM. I played midi. Um, not the fastest guy. So midi um, didn't work out. Uh, so I went to, I played attack in, in eighth grade. Um, loved it. Um, and my, I just, you know, I, I played goalie um, in summer league stuff. And I, I kind of realized I was, uh, wasn't too bad at it and I should probably go this, this way instead of the other. Um, yeah, not, not the fastest, don't have the most endurance. So I thought that'd probably be the best, best route for me. Um, so I've been playing goalie um, full-time since freshman year of high school. So I got to ask you, you're my first goalie I've had on the show. Like why? I, I, I don't understand. Like goal, you have to be, you have to be crazy. I've, I've said this a bunch of times. The joke is that I always call goalie psycho. So, you know, like why? Why do you want? Like why do you want to stick with being a goalie? Yeah, you know, I, I don't really know. Again, it's part of the you know I, I found it. I found myself to be you know pretty good at it. Obviously, I have fun playing it. Um, 
just something that came to me. You know, I get that all the time. You're, you're, you're crazy. You're psycho. You're a little bit weird. Um, you know, I love that. That fires me up. Fires the, the other guys, the other keepers on my team up. Um, just, you know, I have fun being able to, you know, it's obviously, um, it's a team sport. The goalie's kind of positioned somewhat like face-off where it's kind of, you know, you're in your own world and you're, you're competing, you know, against, you know, it's you versus everyone else. So I have fun being able to, to do that and, um, you know, just obviously try to play my best, best every game. But, you know, you could definitely see your, your results in the safe percentage category, whether it's a bad game, good game, bad season, good season. So, um, I, I mean, it's a results-based business here, and, you know, goalie's a big part of that. So I have fun being able to, you know, hopefully alter the, the game in a good way. But obviously you have, you have your bad days. And um, so I think that's just part of the whole position, and, and I enjoy that. What do you think, like goalie specifically, how much of like being a goalie is mental as it is like being uh, physical? Massive part, 100%. Um, like I said, you have your good days and your bad days. And, it, you know, it takes one, two shots to, to get in your head. You know, if you think you should have a save that you don't make, um, you know, you start thinking um, and that could really lead you down a, a pretty bad path. So, so much of it is mental. You have to, you know, stay sharp, stay focused. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously the next next shot mentality that you know, everyone's heard. And it really is, you know, you got to focus on the next shot. You got to put you know, anything, anything bad, you know, behind you in the rear view mirror and keep going. So, you know, obviously a lot of it is it's physical, you know, stepping in the ball, saving the ball, but a lot of it is mental and making sure you could keep that, that right mindset, you know, throughout the 60 minute game. You think that that mentality that you have of being a goalie has helped translate into like other aspects of your life of just trying to, you know, try and think about the next thing. Like, let's say you do like bad on a test and like you want to just like forget about it and move on to the next test or next test or next assessment. Do you think like that mentality from playing goalie is kind of translated into your either school work or any other aspect of your life? 100%. Um, you know, I was like a good wrestler growing up as well, which is, you know, I, I think is pretty similar to goalie. It's, you know, kind of one-on-one. Um, it's a team sport, but it's also an individual sport. So I think the two of those have, have helped me a lot, um, you know, and how I've matured and grown um, and just being able to put, you know, bad things behind, you know, if you have a bad day, bad, bad month, bad year, being able to move forward, you know, obviously keep that in the back of your, back of your head, but, um, you know, don't let that kind of, kind of just bring you down or, or weigh on you. Yeah, for sure. And kind of moving off of that, what other sport you just said you were wrestling, but what other sports did you play growing up? So I wrestled and I played football um, mostly throughout high school. Um, senior year, I was just a lacrosse guy, I played rec golf, um, which still not a great golfer, but uh, I was a football wrestler and lacrosse player throughout most of my life. Uh, what athletes did you kind of look up to when you were a kid, either in the lacrosse world or just any other professional sports? Good question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Gi- New York Giants fan. So Eli Manning is always a guy that that I've looked up to the way he holds himself on and off the field. Um, he's one. I'm trying to think. You know, obviously, there are so many great lacrosse players that I've, you know, loved their game, try to model my game after, you know, attack wise, goalie wise, mini wise. I mean, I just obviously love the game so much. So it's not just one position that I've, that I've focused on. Um, it's a lot of guys. Jack Kelly um, from Brown from a few years ago. He he's a guy who um, you know I thought was tremendous. That that I you know tried to model my game around. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, there's so many athletes and teams that have, have, have had success that I've, you know, I've looked, looked up to and, and looked after. Um, it's a hard question. I'll, I'll stick with Eli for this one, but there are, are so many good, um, good examples for that, for sure. Eli's the goat. It's just, it's, He's it's, the goat. it's simple as that. He's, He's the, the goat. goat. I had my 100%. Eli. I took my, I used to have an Eli fathead. I only got my Jeter one now, but yeah, I, okay. I grew up in New York too. So I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Eli, yeah. I don't know. Derek, if you watch any baseball, Derek G, yeah, there's just guys like that, that, you know, kind of just shaped how like athletes were, especially if you lived in like New York, New Jersey, just 100%. watching those guys. Cause they had, cause they had so much success and even going down to Eli, you know, Eli wasn't the most, it wasn't always the top 10, top 15 quarterback in the NFL, but when it came down to playoff time, you know, he knew what, what his mentality was. And I'm just sure that you probably like kind of brought that into your own game just like now like everything's behind you now you have a whole new that's a whole new season in the postseason right. so I understand I, I really get that that's a really good um way you put it with uh especially like a guy like Eli Manning I don't know if it was the same uh same thing I was going going for but no no, no 100 yeah and he's obviously he's like you said he's the goat so undisputed maybe Tom but Eli's the only guy who, who could get to Tom so yeah yeah I mean beat him twice in the Super Bowl. He's got it. He's got, he has to be, I think he has to go to the hall of fame at this point. How can you not? I'm hoping if, so. I mean, there's so many haters, but um, we'll see. I mean, I agree. I mean, if you two, two Super Bowls, I mean, it's hard to do, as you could tell. I mean, Drew Brees, he hasn't gone there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard task. I, I'm, I'm obviously on the Eli to the, to the hall of fame, but we'll see how that goes. You think if, if, okay. So, kind of depends now on how how good Brady is so if Brady wins let's say he probably wins the Super Bowl I don't know it's probably going to come out after the Super Bowl happens but let's say Brady wins the Super Bowl and then Brady wins another Super Bowl I think you have to put Eli into the Hall of Fame at that point I think you can't because then Brady's if he wins two more Super Bowls eight Super Bowls and Eli's beating him in the Eli and then Nick Foles but we don't we don't have to worry about that but Eli <laughs> Eli's because that could because you could have said Nick Foles yeah, because if you said NFC's is his Achilles heel, but because if you said, if you said, if you said like Nick Foles was like a fluke game, and you can't say that about Eli, because you could say maybe the sixteen and zero season was a fluke for uh, for Brady to lose that, but then twenty eleven they come back and they beat him again. So you got to say Brady's his kryptonite at this point. I'm with you on that, man. I'm I'm with you, Eli. Eli, baby. And what was I? Um. Oh yeah. So. I always I wanted to bring this hypothetical question up with you. If you had to play any other position besides goalie, what do you think it would be? Attack. Attack. Got to go with it. A lot, a lot of my friends give me uh, a lot of um, you know a lot of uh, a lot of hate for that. Not hate, but you know the word I'm I'm gonna I'm looking for that I won't use on this. Um, jokingly, obviously, but like I said, I played played attack in eighth grade and. Wasn't too bad, not to toot my own horn. Um, I, I, I definitely, uh, definitely could see myself as an attackman. Why? What? To I got to ask why. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I played attack. Um, you know, like War to Shore. I'm not sure if you heard of those tournaments. Um, kind of obviously messing around, like left to get the stick in my, my short stick in my hand. Um, and I, I mean, I like to think that I have pretty good vision. Um, stick skills are all right for for a goalie at least um 
I, you know, I just think that that's where after playing all, you know, all the positions throughout my life, I think attack was, you know, second, second best on my list. So if it wasn't goalie, it'd be attack. I would definitely have to work on my, uh, my speed training and my agility, but, uh, I could definitely see myself, uh, on that half of the, on the, uh, of the, of the, of the, uh, the field. So besides scoring goals, another reason you want to be a tech so you could finally celebrate and do a celebration. After that, that would be pretty cool too. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do as a keeper, but, uh, I would have a few in my back pocket ready to go for sure. What kind of attacking would you see yourself as? Would you see yourself as like a, a Jordan Wolf or like a, a step down, you know, off ball shooter? Um, I would see myself as a, as a finishing, uh, feeding more attackman. Um, don't have that uh, hard of a shot, not a fast guy, like I said, so definitely not Jordan Wolf. Um, but yeah, more of like a pass first type of guy. And if, if you need to shove it to me on the crease, I would like to think I could finish the ball. So I'll go with that. Okay. I like that. You get the most goal. You get the most goals as a crease attackman. So yeah. You obviously got it. That's actually man. not besides besides getting blown up on the crease, especially you could probably attest to this because you probably see it a lot with uh, when you're in goalie. Maybe you've done. I don't know. Have you done it yourself ever? Uh, ever blindsided a guy at, like in when you were not in college, but like when you were uh, playing younger? Do you ever get you ever get a? Uh, yeah, I, I you know I run out of the goal a little bit. I've I've uh, I've lowered the shoulder a few times. I'm definitely staying most of the time, but I've had my my fair share of uh, of hits. So. I mean, I'm usually not the guy to do it. That's why, I have, you know, the guys in front of me. But like you said, they I've seen many guys get blown up right in front of me. And, you know, it's part of the game. So that's one aspect of a crease attackman that I would not uh, look forward to. But, um, you know, it's part of the game, honestly. Have you ever scored a goal in, like, a practice while, while playing goalie? Um, I, I have in, like, uh, it was like a tryout for something. Uh, I, I ran it up and scored. In high school, I would I would run, run it up all the time. I wasn't able to actually get one in a real game in high school, but um, you know I, I like to kind of move around. It kind of gets me, gets me more in the mindset, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but if I if I kind of come out of the crease and kind of act like a you know like an athlete, I guess it gets me fired up and it kind of it juices me up. So that that honestly helps my game. So in high school, I would do that all the time. Um, I've had a few assists. Uh, last game of senior year, I was pretty close, but you know, someone else on my team actually, the ball was coming to me, a little give and go action, and and someone, one of the attacking my team, uh, actually like put a stick in the way. It was coming to me. I talked to the guy after, and he he screwed it up for me. So I, I obviously gave him a little talking to after. That was that was my one chance, but um, never never was able to score a goal in a real real high school game. Did you ever see when you would come out of the crease, just like an attackman's eyes light up? Because they saw yeah, you didn't have 100%. I think you see that all the time. I think that's they, they think that's their chance to, you know, it's it's like a, it's a little deer out there. They could they could blow them up. And, you know, I have, I have a second or two of, of a burst in me. So um, I, I'm usually able to, to evade that. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to continue to evade that um, this year, but we'll see. For sure, for sure. And kind of going back to, you know, you playing goalie. You know, you, you made the switch from uh, Ridgewood over to Avon. You know, I think it was you know, your sophomore, junior. Why'd you uh, Why'd you decide to uh, switch it, switch it up? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so yes, yeah, so I did two years at Ridgewood, like you said. Um, had a great time, um, great program there. All, all my my best buddies are still Ridgewood High School guys. Um, and then I did three years at Avon. Uh, redid my sophomore year there. 
Um, it was a lot of stuff. I, I was young for my grade to begin with. Um, so repeating made sense. Um, I guess I was a little bit behind in recruiting just because of how early that all that was back then, you know, sophomore year. Um, so I, I thought, you know, going into junior year that, you know, there were so many goalies committed that it, it would just help my game. And also just, you know, academically, Avon's a great place. It's, you know, much smaller size classrooms, um, smaller student body. So I was able to help me in the classroom, you know, get more attention, um, you know, easier to talk to teachers, stuff like that. And obviously the Avon lacrosse program is, you know, one of the best in the country. So just a combination of all that. And we had a great coach, Skip Flanagan, um, who really helped me, you know, with recruiting and you know, he, he emphasizes academics even more so than lacrosse, which um, is something that I needed at that time um, in my life. So a combination of all of that just seemed like the right fit. And, you know, it was a great decision. I, I a bunch of great friends from Avon that I still talk to um, almost every day. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed both Ridgewood and Avon, but um, Avon was definitely, it's definitely why I'm, I'm here at Georgetown now. Um, without Avon, I wouldn't be. So, you know, being able to j just take my game to the next level while you know, giving myself a chance to focus on academics and all that um, was why Avon, you know, stood, stood, stood out to me. Did you think that switch from, you know, public school to private school and kind of focusing more on your, on academics and athletics was a big boost for you? Did you, did you enjoy that a little bit more that you were a little bit more focused on that stuff than maybe back in public school? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helped me focus, you know, it's an all guy school. Um, so that that was one aspect, you know, it was again, smaller classroom. So, you know, just pretty much class and, and um, that's about it. So that that helped me, you know, realize that, you know, academics were, were important. Not that I that I did not read Jordan, not, not saying that I, that I was getting terrible grades there, but it just definitely helped me. Um, kind of put it in a perspective that that made me understand that um you know learning and, and going to class and, and doing all that was you know just as important even more so important than um you know just holding the cross stick for sure and what was your recruiting process like when either you were at avon doing your summer tournaments and why'd you end up choosing uh georgetown yeah so i my dad like i said he played uh lacrosse he played at georgetown here um so ever since you know i was a young kid i wanted to play College across at Georgetown. Um, so I, I uh, played leading edge, um, which is a club team out of New Jersey. Um, once I went to Avon for a few summers and fall, and they were really helpful in the recruiting process to me. They, they know all the college coaches. Um, so, you know, I was able to visit a few schools and, you know, once I got um, to Georgetown and, and they extended that offer, I mean, it was a no brainer. The next day I took it. Um, there was no more schools, no more coaches I had to talk to. I mean, it was, like I said, it was you know a dream of mine, a life goal of mine to play here, and you know I, I was very very pumped as you can imagine once um, that dream did come true, and you know I'm very lucky and blessed to be able to you know still live that out now. Was it a big sigh of relief after you uh, committed because you didn't really have to deal with the stress of recruiting anymore? It definitely was. You know, recruiting is I mean it's it's so tough, um, especially then when you know kids are recruiting eighth grade freshman year sophomore year and you know your name is not on the board you you start thinking um you start kind of second guessing yourself i guess um but it's important to not second guess yourself and just play your game and and it, you know it'll come around uh which is what you know I, it, it did and that's what you know my philosophy somewhat was 
Um, so again, yeah, it definitely was once I was able to, you know, do the, take the verbal commitment, it definitely was a sigh of relief. Obviously the, you know, people, people get dropped, you know, you got to keep up with your academics with your lacrosse. So that, I mean, wasn't the end of, of all, but, um, it definitely helped, you know, take some anxiety off my shoulders there and some pressure off my shoulders. Definitely. And after finishing high school and you finally get to Georgetown, what was the transition like from playing high school ball? I know, I know Avon's bit is really good in the founders league. So it's very competitive lacrosse, but what, what was one big difference you found that at, at Georgetown that was uh, different at Avon? I mean, it's, it's day and night high school to college across um, freshman year. I was lucky enough to um, sit behind Nick Morocco, who was a senior um, my freshman year, who, who was the first team all American that year. I mean, one of the, probably the best goalie I've ever watched. So it, it was um, awesome to be able to be behind him and, and learn from him. But the shooting speed is just, it's, it's crazy. It's day and night, you know, first practice, you, you, Obviously, you come in, you, you're thinking, you know, like, you're, you're the real deal, deal. You're there for a reason, and, you know, shots are getting blown, blown over your shoulder. So, adjusting to just the speed of the game, you know, the ball gets whipped around at such a higher, you know, pace. So, being able to, you know, get in your stance, get in your position um, in time, and, and, again, just being able to, to load up on just how the shots are coming so much faster. And it's, it takes a little bit of, of adjusting and a lot of developing. Um, but it, but it definitely comes along. Um, but that, that was one thing that took me a little bit. And I was lucky enough to have some older guys on my team to, you know, help me help me get where I wanted to be now, I guess, and, and going forward. So, you know, getting, be, um, you know, seeing that first shot, uh, like when you were getting practice reps or you were in a drill, like, did you, were you able to see the ball or were, were there any instances where you just like couldn't see the ball because it was like moving around so quickly or the shot was just a hundred times faster? Yeah. I remember when, like one of the first practices, Danny Bucaro, um, who's a stud, um, shoots the ball uh, like harder than anyone I've ever gone against. He is on the left wing and I, I turned, um, you know, it was like a cross field pass and I turned and the ball was just pretty much in the net before I could even think about anything and that's when I knew I was like okay this is a whole different type of game um, it's going to take some time to adjust and I mean it did and you I mean it does it takes time but you I mean you see so many shots um, day in day out that it, it, it comes gradually but it does eventually come were you ever nervous that you like in the difference between like an offensive player coming into like a new system is that a goalie like there's a ball coming. There's a lacrosse ball like shooting at shooting at your head. You're getting hit. And you're you're getting hit all over the body. Were you ever a little scared going into going into the cage sometimes during practice? Um, I wouldn't say scared really. I mean, like you said, we're a little bit crazy us goalies, so obviously we we, we kind of know what we're signing up for. But there are those days where you're just getting you know blistered with shots. Your your right thigh, your left calf, you know your your shoulder. You're you're just getting hit everywhere and Obviously, those days aren't too fun, but that's part of the whole thing. Um, so you're walking off the field you know, sore in almost every muscle. So that obviously you're you're laying in bed at night, like, geez, like this is really what I signed up for here. I gotta I gotta do the whole thing tomorrow. So obviously there are those days, but again, that's part of it. Um, some people say it's fun, you know. It's it. I, I've I, my legs have become almost numb at this point. That it's just it's second nature. Um, so there's, there's a thrill to it, obviously. Um, not saying I enjoy that, but 
it's it's you know what you sign up for as a goalie uh, playing college lacrosse. Definitely. And what so when you got to Georgetown, I mean, you probably knew all the places because your parent, uh, your dad went there. But what was like a place that was uh, recommended to you to go like after like a long practice and you were really hungry? Where, where were you told to go get a good bite to eat? The tombs. I'm not I'm not sure if you've ever made the tombs um, when your brother was here, but it's just the little kind of bar college bar like place um, block block away from campus. Um, great burgers great fries they have everything um so a bunch of us would, would go down there um and grab a grab a nice big bite to eat unfortunately there they've been closed since since COVID hit um due to all of this and no indoor dining and they, they don't have any outdoor spaces so hopefully that they'll get back up and running soon um i could i could use a cheeseburger and some spicy ranch from from the dunes have you ever been to two amy's i have not but i've heard a, a ton about it yes it's completely it's so Wisconsin. good yeah, well, I, yeah. I, it's the uh, it's the Neapolitan it's the Neapolitan uh, Italian re- yeah. uh, pizza restaurant I, so good. Yeah, I've yeah. heard. I actually uh, this fall I lived like um, a few blocks away from there, and I still wasn't ever ever able to make it over there. We're big uh, and pizza guys, and uh, this this place called Ninety Second Pizza. Both they're two different types of pizzas, but I'm loyal to to those guys there. I've been there. I think I've been there because both of my brothers went down to college in the DMV. So I was, uh, we always, whenever I was going down for uh, going down to visit them, we'd always go, you know, ma- make sure to make a pit stop and go get some nice grub in DC because yeah. DC's got some great restaurants. So we yeah. always, I think we hit, I think we hit all three, uh, all three of those pizza spots. Yeah. So I got to ask my brother about the tomb, but P- DC and uh, D- pizza in DC is very underrated. It is. It is. It's, it's no New Jersey, New York pizza, I'll tell you that, but it, it is good, um, and it definitely make, makes do while I'm uh, away from home. What about your New Jersey, New Jersey guys? So you probably know you're a pretty big bagel connoisseur like yeah. I am. So have, have, you find, have you found any good bagel spots? No, I have not. Um, there's, there's some places that, um, that make some good egg sandwiches, but I'm getting those on on rolls. I, I don't mess around with the bagels down here. It's strictly Jersey bagel guy. So um, that's the one thing, the one um, food selection that um, does not compare to, to what I get at home. But we make do. There's some good egg sandwiches around, but you just got to get on a roll. It's so surprising that people, like if you're, if you don't live in like the Northeast, that like they can't figure out how to make a bacon, egg and cheese. It, it's, it's just it's, places don't understand how to make a bacon, upsetting. egg and cheese. It's very upsetting. <laughs> and if it's and if it's like an okay bacon egg and cheese, like eight bucks. Eight bucks for bacon egg and cheese. That's the one thing about DC as well. It does get pretty pricey. Um so the dining hall is always a, a safe bet, but um when we when we want to spoil ourselves, we'll we'll go get a burger from Tombs or a pizza from down down the street. For sure. And kind of going off of that, like being a uh, being a division one lacrosse player. How have you shaped your diet from when you were in high school or when you were younger? Uh, I think you just got to definitely have to eat more um, just because of, you know, all the activity you're doing. Um, obviously, I'm not running around as much as the, the other guys on my team, but, um, you know, lifting every other day and, you know, taking shots, you, you're breaking a sweat. So just being able to keep up, keep up to date with, you know, all the like, three meals a day is important and, you're missing a meal you know you're you're just feeling weak in there so being able to just you know even if you you don't think you're hungry just 
stuffing, you know, a quick bar down your throat or something. You, you got to be able to eat and, and, you know, stay hydrated, obviously. Have you been able to, uh, like, learn some new recipes or learn how to cook something while you're at college that you found is very effective to be you know, nutritious and, um, you know, fill you up? That's a good question. No, I'm not a big cook. I can make eggs, pretty mean state of eggs and peanut butter and jellies. That's about it. Um, so the dining hall is usually where I'll go to if I'm you know, in a rush or something, um, just fill up and on some food down there. Um, I, I wish I could say I have learned a few new recipes, but it's not the case. It's all right. It's all right. You, you can work. You got time to work on it. Pasta and meatballs. That's a safe one too, but uh, I don't, I don't do anything crazy now. If you had to like be really good at cooking, like one certain type of dish, what do you think that would be that you like that you met that you could master? What do you think that would be for you? That's a good question too. I mean, chicken is so universal being able to make like a very good chicken. You could throw you know any sauce on that or just making different types of chicken. I think that's one, one, uh, one food that I, if I could master it, it would just be chicken. Just learn, like, that's very broad. It's very broad, but you can do I know so what you mean. I know what you mean. Like yeah. if you could, um, like shred, like shred chicken, like that you could do for like tortillas or something. Right, I know. Right. Yeah. I know exactly what you, you can do mean. so much with it. It's just so, it's so versatile. Teriyaki chicken, you know, Exactly. Cook, yeah, chick, chicken sandwich. I yeah. I uh, what's it called? Chicken salad sandwiches. You could do, you could do a lot with chicken. You'd be surprised because yeah. a lot of uh, because most people usually just eat. I don't get that. Like I don't understand how people eat just chicken like dry white white meat chicken breasts. With, with you have to throw sauce in there or something. I I I can't be doing plain chicken either. You a sriracha guy? I am. I'm a sriracha guy. I like red. I'm, I like. I like uh, just all hot sauces usually. Um, sriracha is not my go-to, but I'll have it if, if it's the only only hot sauce there. Spicy ranch, love that. Um, so we usually keep a few bottles of hot sauce in our room for whatever meal we, we may have. You uh, you're big uh, you're big uh, hot sauce with eggs guy. I'm I'm more of a uh, ketchup guy. I know some people don't like that. Um, I, I'll, I do hot sauce. Sometimes I'll do both, but my go-to is definitely ketchup. Um, and hot, I mean, hot sauce is, it's, it's also very versatile. So if I don't have my ketchup, I'll throw hot sauce on that, but it's, it's one of the two for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm, this is, I, okay. So this is going to sound really weird, but I like ketchup. I don't like ketchup that much. And I don't like mayo that much but when I make, like when I com- combine mayo and ketchup, for some reason, it makes like this perfect balance. Yeah. And that I could, I could tolerate and I could put it on, you know, my burger or a sandwich for me. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like- 100%. Yeah. I, I'm not a big mayo guy either. Um, a big ketchup guy, but the combination makes it, it makes it so much mayo is, is a okay to me when I'm combining the two. Definitely. So moving on from that, I, we just went on a crazy random <laughs> of food. Uh, going back to lacrosse. In your freshman year, who were some guys on the team that may have not got gotten a lot of credit that, you know, they helped you become a better lacrosse player, like behind the scenes, just going through defenses with you, going through, you know, film and stuff, going through yeah. film, helping you in practice. Who were some guys that helped you out in your uh, first couple of years? 100% the two other goalies, uh, Jack Stevenson and Nate Kornblatt. They're two guys who um, – 
you know, probably not the most universal, you know, widely, you know, people may, may not know their names, but they, they're guys who deserve, um, you know, so much respect and, um, you know, credit for that. Um, they're guys who are always, um, you know, helping you adjust to, to, you know, certain play styles or, you know, making the right calls on defense. And that, you know, a lot of people think that goalies, you know, obviously only one person can play, but it really is such a team team game. And, you know, you need all 47 guys, but obviously, you know, the four, four goalies, you know, you, you stick together. So those two other guys were instrumental in um, me being able to adjust to the game, like I was talking earlier, and, and develop. You know, they, they would help me, um, you know, recognize if I was, you know, stepping the wrong way or, you know, my feet weren't, um, you know, set and ready or my hands were dropping or stuff like that. Those two guys were always, you know, when I'd come out of a rep, one of the two would always like pull me aside and be like, look, you're doing this. I know you don't notice it, but, you know, try to try to work on that. And it takes time, you know, it takes you know, watching film, um, trying to, trying to, you know, recognize that in practice. But those two guys, 100%, um, you know, helped me tremendously. Were you watching a lot more film than you were uh, you know, in high school, or have you been watching a lot more film than you were maybe earlier in your college career? 100%. Yeah. I, like, like you said, from high school to college, it was a massive jump. And then uh, even from, you know, freshman, to, freshman year until now, um, you know, obviously we have team film sessions, um, but that's, you know, more defensive based. Um, so being able to just, you know, pull up your, pull up your laptop and you know, go on huddle and, watch yourself rep that rep after rep and you know notice the tendencies like I was talking about earlier you know the bad tendencies and be able to fix those at the good ones and be able to you know recognize okay that's that's you know pretty good right there uh should you know continue to work on that and continue to try to bring that into your game um film is a massive part of that you know like a lot of times like in high school I, I didn't watch pretty much no film um so being able to you know, watch yourself just rep after rep is, it really does help a lot. Have you, do you think you've gotten better at watching other opposing teams offenses and trying to pick them apart and see what their tendencies are and how they move the ball around? So, yeah, that's definitely what we do, you know, as a team, um, you know, before, you know, week of whoever we play, we'll obviously watch their offense and, you know, their, their plays and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I somewhat watch shooters and their tendencies, but I don't. I don't really read too much into that. I like to kind of go out there and just, um, you know, play a little bit more. I think if you go and try to read shooters' tendencies, it you kind of get in your head, and you know, they shoot the ball low. You, you're kind of starting to go low before, and then they can pull it high over your shoulder. So, I don't read too much into specific shooter tendencies, um, but you know, obviously offensive, you know, pl plays and, and whatnot is important to be able to recognize and know um, for, you know, the defense and obviously as a goalie, um, you know, and communicating with all that. Yeah, for sure. And what's one thing that you've worked, uh, that you've worked on or something that you've progressed in, in your game tremendously, or even just enough to make it, to make like a substantial difference that you've seen from when you were a freshman or sophomore to now being a senior? I think it's definitely my communicating. Um, I wasn't great at uh, communicating with the defense uh, my freshman year and just being able to recognize, um, you know, the other team's offensive sets and, you know, the, the right defense that we should be in. Um, 
in high school, it wasn't too much of that. So being able to, you know, recognize, you know, if they're in a three, two, one or whatever, we should be, you know, doing this. Um, and then being able to communicate that, um, you know, it's a conversation really with the defense. You're not just yelling at them, you know, you're, you're, you're listening to them too and taking that in. So being able to um, just be able, being able to communicate with, you know, the six guys in front of me definitely has helped me um, in my game, but also I think our defense as well. Yeah, for sure. And going into this past 2020 season, what was something that you and like your teammates like un understood with each other? What was the chemistry like that helped build uh, you know, such a great run for Georgetown uh, in 2020? I think it was just, you know, we, we all bought in. Um, like I said earlier, you need, you know, every single guy on the roster, whether it's, you know, the guy scoring 30 goals or the guy who doesn't, you know, get any, any minutes of playing time to be fully bought in. Um, Cause one guy, if one guy's not bought in, it, it may not seem like it, but it really can affect the team and, and hurt the team. You know, if they're playing scout offense, if they're not trying to replicate, you know, the, the, the opposing players, you know, best guy for that week, it's going to hurt the defense. It's going to hurt everyone. So I think something that we're, we do really good job of is just buying in, um, you know, every single person and going hundred percent. And, you know, we're, we're brothers on this team. We, you know, we always, we always joke around with each other, but, you know, I think we know each other on a deeper level, which is super important, our relationship aspect and, you know, our bench gets, gets uh, hyped up for us. And that, that obviously fires the, the guys up who are playing. And so just having everyone on the same page was, was really important for us. And, you know, that started my freshman year with that senior class and we've been able to continue that, which is why we've had success. And, we're, we're hoping to do the same this year. I'm pretty excited about the guys we have this year. Again, we missed the fall, but um, you know, from just three days of practice, we're, we're fired up to be back out there and we're excited to get going again in 2021. And do you like seeing that you guys never missed a beat from, uh, you know, when your season ended in, you know, early March, seeing that, you know, everyone took, took like took their role and their duty of working as hard as they as hard as they can during the whole COVID pandemic, making sure that everything that they were doing could be done, whether it was just playing wall ball, whether it was conditioning, working out, and then seeing that and seeing that that you never like missed a beat is something that's so special about your team. One hundred percent. You know, as our senior class, obviously it was a little little weird senior year this year, but um, you know that's something that we harped on is being able to to, you know, go out and get 10 minutes on the wall, even if it's, you know, a crappy day out. Um, just being able to, like you said, not miss a beat is, is so important for us, especially because we missed the fall. So we, we, we had to emphasize the fact that, you know, even though we're not together right now, we should all be, you know, getting our lift in, you know, getting our, our runs in, getting our, our wall bar shooting in, whatever that may be, um, was so important. And I think, you know, that's another part to a testament that these guys, everyone bought in, and everyone was excited to, you know, finally get out and play. And that's, you know, obviously there's light at the end of the tunnel and it, you may be far away, but if you continue to, you know, put that work in, it'll, it'll come to fruition, which is, which is awesome to see with these guys. Definitely. What was something you personally that you tried to work on during, you know, when like the whole COVID pandemic, especially March, April, May, June to now that what was something that you either in lacrosse perspective or just, as a person tried to work on the most? Um, again, it's just a big relationship thing. So, you know, even with my family, like spending, it was really nice to spend a lot of time with my family in those first couple of months, 
um, during the pandemic. Obviously, you don't really normally get that during a college school year. So being able to do that and hang out with them a bunch, you know, watch movies, have you know, family meals every night um, was, was really awesome. And that was something that I enjoyed. And then, again, staying in touch with all these guys and, and continue to strengthen and, and build those relationships with the, the new guys coming in and, and all that. That was something that I that I really um, you know tried to to stick and harp on for myself at least. Just even though you know it's obviously it's it's crappy situation what what was going on what still is going on, being able to you know see see the good in it and you know kind of like what we were talking about earlier, just kind of put it over your shoulder. Um, you know, obviously, it's in the back of your head, but um, try try to make the most out of everything um, was something that that I really thought was important uh, these past couple of months. Did you pick up any new hobbies? Um, not really. Uh, I wish I did. Uh, I've been reading some books recently, which is something that somewhat new to me. Um, but no, not really. I, I mean, I did a bunch of hiking once we were able to, to go out with my buddies from home, just kind of taking in nature, if you will. Um, although that may sound a little bit weird, but it's nice to get out, especially after being in your house for so long. So that, that was nice, you know, taking my dogs on walks um, and stuff like that. But hobbies, nothing really, nothing really crazy, no. What about that golf game? You know, where, did you work on that this summer? I did. It, not much better. Not much better at all. I was able to get to Arizona with some buddies too. Thought maybe, um, you know, the lack of water would help me out up there. But, you know, water and, and cactuses and deserts, the same thing. So my golf game has a lot, a lot of work to still be – done on it but uh we'll see we'll, we'll, that, that'll uh i'll focus on that more once i'm done with this whole lacrosse thing okay when you when you become uh when you become a dad and you have to deal with that yeah. you have to you have to find you have to find stuff to make you ha- you have to find stuff to get you gonna exactly you exactly get out of the house and then play some golf what do you what you what 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 have you what what's your best score on uh in a golf in a golf in 18 uh i'm gonna be honest i've never broken 100 so <laughs> If that tells you something about my golf game, it's not great. 102, maybe. It's it's. I'm really hacking. I'm playing high, hacking around golf out there, but it's fun to get out there and, and play. And every once in a while, you'll hit, you'll hit a good shot, and that's what that that's what keeps you coming back, obviously. So, hoping to break 100 at some point, but um, that's yet to happen. So, uh, are you gonna post? Is it gonna be a big uh, big it thing for be. you? But the golf is so addicting because if it's like hit it going to the golf, if it's going to the range and just trying to, it's just you're trying to achieve perfection right. and it's so hard to do. It's, it's nearly impossible. I mean, it's, it's the most frustrating, frustrating game on earth, but like you said, it's fun to, to try to try to hit a good shot. And when you do, you're like, okay, I think I got the hang of this, but. Then you don't. Then, then yeah. you don't. <laughs> then you shank the next ten, and then exactly. hopefully you'll get a decent one. And you think you're gonna keep on like you think you're you're like making these tweaks to your swing, thinking like, oh, this is what's gonna help me. It doesn't help you. So it's yeah. it's tough. It's very. It's tough. A t- it is. It is a tough game, but um, it's fu- it's fun, obviously. And I'll, I'll get I'll get uh, out on the course this summer, but um, that's not in my worries at the moment. My golf yeah, game. You gotta, yeah, I definitely, I, I can 100 agree with that, especially for <laughs> you. Uh, but moving on from that, what are you uh, looking forward to most in your 2021 season? 
It's a good question. I mean, obviously, first, just being able to get out there and play. Um, it's been so long. And, you know, playing another opponent, someone with a different jersey on is it's obviously why we all play this game and why, why it's so much fun. So getting out there and just competing. Um, and, you know, obviously, we're hoping stuff goes our way, but that comes with a lot of hard work, you know, practice over the next next month, next couple of months. Um, you know, obviously, that we have goals um, for this team. Um, so we, we obviously want to reach those goals, and that that's you know game by game, um, play by play. You always you know our, our motto here is is one and zero. You know go one and zero. You know everything that you do, and you know the the goals, the end goals will will be uh, much more in sight um, if you do that. For sure. And my last question for you today, Owen, I call it the low to high question. So it's a two part question. So the first part of it is what have been some of your lows while playing lacrosse? It could be like a bad game, uh, you know, a save that you wish you made. What do you think it would be for you? That's a good question. You know, as a goalie, there's so there's so many, um, you know, lows that you can have, whether it's a save, a game, a season, you know, a career. Um, Obviously, you never you never like to, to lose, um, and you know sometimes you think a lot of that is on, is on you, and you put that on your shoulders, especially if you if you do have a bad game. And obviously, I've been there. Um, I think most most other goalies would agree with me on that that they've been there, and it's it's a pretty crappy feeling, um, you know, thinking you've let your team down. So you know, whenever we lose, I, I'm pretty tough on myself in that, um, and that just it's a, it leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. So. Um, Losing is not fun, and those every single time, whether it's you know a, a in conference game, an out of conference game, um, you know like a, a, a tournament game, you know it's 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 tough, and you know every single game it it's, it hurts the same. So losing is it's got to be my lows. I mean, especially now, you know, playing it you know at this level, it's. It's, it's 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 a business, you know. People are watching. People are invested. We have we have fans. We have alumni who who want to see us win. And if you're not playing your best, or if you're if you're losing games, you you know it's, it rots you on the inside. So losing is it's tough. It's it's never fun. And you know every every game, if you're losing, it's a low for me. Mm-hmm. And what do you think have been some of your highs? It's a good question. I mean, I've been a part of two great teams where we've, you know, won the Big East, and those are those were our goals that season, and you know, we were able to accomplish them. Um, and you know, I think we have we have bigger goals now nowadays. Um, but obviously, that, that's still our goal. We our goal is to win a Big East title every single year. Um, and those first two years were those those were I mean some of the best times being able to celebrate with, you know, the, your other team your teammates and you know some of your best friends out here. So. When you're winning games, it's it's fun. But when when you when you win big games, it's it's even more fun. So, you know, I, I, obviously there are performances that you know I I like of myself. I've had some some pretty um, you know good games, I guess, some some big games, and those are great. But you know, when you could play together as a team, that's you know that's really when it matters, and that's when you're having the most fun. Owen, thank you so much for coming on the Low to High podcast. Really appreciate appreciate your time. Uh, really looking forward to watching you play in 2021. Appreciate it, Paul. I had a lot of fun today. And uh, again, I appreciate you inviting me on today. Of course, of course. Have a good day, man.